0: Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Samantha Mahoney, sharing an insight of the day. I've entitled this, Enjoy the Ride. All of us are on some or other journey, right? We're constantly moving and we have to. If we stayed stagnant, we'd die. And that applies to things physical and spiritual. In the health arena, movement is vital to life. For instance, if you were to stay in bed for a solid month, you'd notice that you'd lose muscle mass, your bones would weaken, your respiratory system would be affected, your strength would deplete. You know what? Even your vision would begin to wane. Many diseases could be avoided or come into order simply by adding movement to your daily routine and of course updating your eating habits towards more healthy habits. Like many of you, I've been on a journey over the last few years. On this journey, I've had to navigate some bumpy terrain. When I say bumpy, I'm talking about the amount of uncertainty around it, anxiety, doubt. I found myself in unfamiliar territory, and sometimes, to be honest, I've been overwhelmed. I haven't known which direction to take. I haven't had the knowledge to make sound choices. I've had to rely on the expertise of others, and so this ride has felt a bit out of control for me. Have you ever felt like that on your journey? One of the first questions we ask when we go through something tough is, Why me? I did that. God, I pour my life into other people. I go into the AIDS villages and hospitals to relieve life to the sick. So why am I reaping a harvest of sickness in my own life? I believe your word, so why is the faith that I'm applying right now not fixing my illness? Then we do what Ian Clayton likes to call navel gazing. Yeah, I know, I hadn't heard that one either. It's when your eyes are downcast, looking at what have I done to make this happen. There's so many unanswered questions. Have you ever noticed that when others are in a situation and they share it with you, many times you have a different perspective being the outsider, and so you're able to share things that they don't see. But when you're stuck in the thick of something yourself, you can't see a way out of it. One day I had an epiphany while I was teaching a particular subject on the nest. I was teaching on your scroll, you know, the book that was written for you before the foundation of the earth, the one that Psalms talks about that was written before one of your days came to be. This certainly wasn't a new teaching for me. In fact, I'd been applying it to my life for many years. Heck, I'd even led my two children and many others through agreeing with the scroll of destiny that was written for them. In my teaching, I was about to pray with the students to show them how to eat their scrolls spiritually so that what was written would attach to their spirits and begin to unfold in their lives. I said, I'm releasing a warning before you go through with this exercise. Everything may change once you do this, so go in with your eyes wide open. Things may not unfold as you hope for them to once you eat your spiritual scroll. You may lose friends. And there's even examples in the Word where Jeremiah ate his scroll. The Word says he could no longer sit in the company of merrymakers. I said to them, if you give Yahweh permission to fill his desires in your life, things may change drastically for you. You may lose your job because he has a different path for you. But just know this, God always works things out for your good. It just may not look like you expected it to. Then it dawned on me. My world was turned upside down because I aligned with my scroll. I know that sounds a bit dumb, but let me explain a bit further. If you had asked me 10 years ago if I had any interest in health and natural healing, I would have laughed at you. I was one of those people who would walk down the expensive organic aisle in the grocery store and snort and laugh at the lengths that people go to to make money all under the guise of these products being good for you. What a joke. Food is food, right? Isn't it all good for you? Shows my ignorance, huh? I had prophetic words over my life since I was a child about having healing hands. And in my mind, I thought I would help God out with that. I thought I should put myself into situations that would make it easy for him to bring healing. What did I think? That God wasn't able to do these things without my help? My little ideas were pathetic, now that I see what Prophetic Word was actually all about. So as I mentioned, I started visiting hospitals. This hospital ministry started when we lived in Ireland in the year 2000. I was into um, crafts at the time, and I made hundreds of get well cards. I would go into the hospital with a small team, giving out these cards and praying for people. You know what? Not one person got healed. In fact, they died. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. No, I'm not setting up a 0800 healing line that you can phone in for, but seriously, this is what happened. I would go in at like, say five o'clock after work on a Tuesday, I'd give them my get well card. I'd sit and talk with them for half an hour or so. And finally, I'd build up the courage to ask if I could pray for them for healing. I fully believed in my heart that God would heal them because after all, I had the backing of a prophetic word to say that I had healing hands. So it had to happen, right? The night would end with them giving their lives to the Lord. And I promised that I'd visit the next day to check up on them. But on the next day, when I went into their room, there was a new patient in their bed. And I'd be told that the person I visited the night before had died and possibly not long after I had left. This happened time and time again. I'm seriously not exaggerating if I say that it happened more than 50 times. I became angry with God. I said to him, you said that you wanted to use me for healing and I've given you my okay. I said, here I am Lord, send me. But now I'm at this party and you are not, where are you? I'm giving you every opportunity to do miracles and you're not and I'm feeling stupid. That was the problem. I thought it was all about me. I was doing everything in my own strength. I was so focused on one thing, the manifestation of that healing, that I missed the big picture. I didn't actually notice it until discussing my frustrations with my father. He said, But can't you see what happened? That time wasn't wasted. You have an 1159 ministry. What the freak? What has 1159 got to do with anything? And he said, in the last minute of more than 50 people's lives, you were there, offering them comfort, showing them the love of Yahweh, so much so that they surrendered their lives to God on their deathbed. You probably were one of the last people to have contact with them, and their future is secure because you were there. Nope, I missed that part altogether. My expectations of how it was going to look overshadowed the real reason that i'd been sent in but i found my peace and i surrendered the prophetic word to god i said you know what you still have my yes but i'm dropping this for the moment when you think i'm ready then use me equip me for your service and i'll go when you say go if you never use me for healing i'm okay with that just as long as my life pleases you doesn't the word say a steps of a righteous man are ordered by the lord So I put it on the back burner and I don't just mean for a few months for 20 years. Sure. I prayed for people who asked, I don't know if they are still alive today. No, I'm just joking, but I wasn't hung up on the results anymore because it's God's job to do whatever he wants in their circumstances. I'm just the vessel, the conduit, the hands, the heart, the love, whatever it is he needs. That's, that's what I want to be. But in 2013, I started on a journey that put me on the course of where I am today. I got a diagnosis. It was called Jack 2 What the heck is that, you ask? Yeah. The hematologist told me that it was a DNA mutation that made my bone marrow produce too many platelets that thickened my blood. Bone cancer was mentioned in that same sentence. The cure? There was none. They didn't know what had caused the mutation and they didn't know how to reverse it. The suggested course of action is, we'll wait and see and cross whatever bridge we come to. How? We're going to have monthly blood tests. Um, Healthy readings are supposed to be between 100 and 400, and mine at the time of this diagnosis were in the 500s. They said to me, if I got to 650, we'd need to talk about chemo options. I had an embolism in my lungs, and I was put onto warfarin. Rat poison! What the heck? And when, I, when they came under control, I was put onto aspirin, which was one a day and one for the rest of my life, one a day for the rest of my life. So I asked the same question many of us do when we face a situation that is bigger than us and that we can see no way out of. Why me? I got into so much fear. My boys were 16 and 14 years old at the time. Would I get to see them grow up? Would I see them get married and have their own families? I didn't want to die. I didn't know what the future looked like or how the disease would manifest. Would it be a long drawn out process or would it be over for me quickly? I'm sure I'm not alone in this thinking. Those who have received a diagnosis so devastating would go through the same process. The fear of the unknown is magnified. What's the countermeasure to this fear? It seems simple and it really is. joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength now this joy that I'm talking about can't be manufactured it can't just be I watch a funny movie and I laugh and that's joy no it's supernatural and thank God he didn't allow me to wallow in this fear for more than just a few hours that Monday night after receiving the results of my blood test and that diagnosis I got home from work gathered my family and told them the diagnosis I looked into my beautiful Sons' faces and I saw the fear in their eyes. I looked into my strong husband's eyes and I saw uncertainty. We cried, we held each other as you do, the struggle is real. That night we had our weekly moed meeting. Grant got up and he said, guys, we're family. I want to share with you the diagnosis that Sam has just had. And this is what it looks like. We don't know what the future holds. But besides this, if we live, we live. If we die, we die. But we praise God and we thank him because he is so good. I remember standing off to the side that night. Praise and worship was going. And I began to engage with the Father, just thanking him for his goodness. Suddenly, the joy, that spirit of joy descended on me and I began to laugh and laugh. My stomach hurt. My eyes were streaming with tears. I was laughing so much. I'm sure everybody thought that I was having a a meltdown or a breakdown or something. But I want to tell you that that joy broke the backbone of fear in my life. Yes, I was at a crucial time and there were many things that I've had to go through since then, but that fear that gripped my heart has never done so again from then until this day. I was offered a certain death outcome, but God said that he set before me life and death. I chose life. I began to learn some stuff, how our bodies respond to our words. So that was the first thing I implemented. I urged those around me to speak only life. I worked with two amazing ladies at the time. They weren't born again, but they knew that I was. They would joke and call me their Jesus friend, and I would call them my heathen scumbag friends. We had a beautiful relationship, you had to be there. I told them that they were not allowed to speak anything that didn't agree with life around me. So they went overboard, telling me I was gonna live for 500 years. I can handle that, and that my bones were amazingly strong. My heathen friends would say amen to each other's life-giving statements to try and mimic me, but they had no idea what a boost that gave my spirit. In 2017, my son, who now lives and studies in the USA, was home for the summer holidays, and I went for my annual checkup. I was told um, at that time that we had come to that time. My platelet count was sitting at 695 and it was time for chemo. It was recommended that I take a milder chemo drug in oral form, and then I'd be on it for the rest of my life. Everything in me rejected that advice. I asked what the side effects of the drugs were, and I was given a pamphlet to read. I involved my family in the process and we let a few close friends know where we were at. I'm not the kind of person who makes big decisions on my own. I believe in the wisdom of a multitude of counselors. The consensus from all these people that I involved was not to go ahead with the chemo and I'm not sharing this with you so that you can make the same big decisions. I'm sharing my journey with you. So what could I do? I'd never been this way before. I had no knowledge of options available to me. I knew no one that I could talk to, to get sound advice. I was overwhelmed it was like being blind and deaf and trying to navigate your way from one location to another with no one to lead you by the hand I had determination though to find an alternative to what I was being offered I learned on my journey that you can reprogram your DNA with your words I began to learn about the effect frequency has on your body and by the way I am passionate about healing with frequency I got interested in herbs and oils and exercise and nutrition. Instead of accepting the expert advice on my health, I started to ask questions. During one of my checkup visits to my doctor, I was told that my cholesterol was high and that I should consider statins to bring them under control. So I asked, Well, what's the natural alternative options to me? I also asked for a natural alternative to aspirin as I'd read up on some of the side effects for the long run. My well-meaning doctors told me, we put no faith in alternative medicine, it just doesn't work. So I thanked them and I left to go and do my own research. Did you know artichoke lowers cholesterol. Pycnogenol, which is pine bark extract, does as good a job as aspirin does, but they're natural, no harmful side effects. I've learned a technique to ask my body what it needs because my body and your body knows how to heal itself. So I have to start working with it to meet that objective. When I started to take pycnogenol, I wasn't sure how many to take and I sure couldn't ask my doctor. I was on my own, remember? My friend Amy who was visiting at the time said, your body knows what it needs, just ask it. Yeah, well how? She talked me through a process and I was amazed. First thing I did is I asked my body, do I need this product? It said yes. I asked, do I need one tablet? It said no. I asked, do I need two tablets? It said yes. Now I know that this is a bit weird to a religious mindset and this podcast isn't about me revealing that process yet. There is gonna be more on that later because my journey is still unfolding and you are very welcome to be a part of it. But where's my proof that the body was right? Because that's what we look at. We look at the fruit, right? Well, I'm glad you asked. In July 2019, I again visited my hematologist for a checkup. She asked me to run through the list of medications I was taking. I told her I wasn't on any. So she referred to my file and said, what about aspirin? I told her I'd stopped taking that for the last six months and I was on pycnogenol. She picked up her medicine reference book and then asked me to write the word down on some paper as she had never heard of that medication before. I told her it was a natural alternative to aspirin and she too began to tell me that natural alternatives weren't helpful. There was not enough research to back alternative medicine. So I asked her to give me the results of my blood tests over the last six months. That would be the proof in the pudding, right? Well, my cholesterol had come down And so had my platelet count. I have learned so many things on this journey that started off being so uncertain for me. And there's still a lot of uncertainty around it for me. But so much so that I'm now in the process of getting certified as a health coach so that I can share valuable information with many. And by the way, here's a spoiler alert. In next year, May, 2021, I'm working with a friend to release to you all of the valuable keys that I've found in taking back your own health. Healing ministry, as was prophesied when I was a child and growing up, it certainly didn't look like I expected it to. What I'm currently going into has blown my expectations out of the water, but isn't that just like God? Doing exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. I've learned about emotions and the effect of those and trauma on your body. But more than just having knowledge, I've learned some valuable keys that, when put into practice, yield results of physical, spiritual, and emotional healing. My journey isn't over, meaning I'm not miraculously healed, but I am so thankful for the journey and my learnings along the way. I'm on my way to taking back health. That condition that I was told was incurable and would get worse is getting better. As at March 2020, my platelet count has come down from 695 to 591 and is still dropping. We go through trials, the word says, so that we can help those in any kind of trouble. If you're being tested right now, know that this is the area that God wants to use you in when you get to the other side. Your test becomes your testimony. Your mess becomes your message. Enjoy your journey. It is going some way.